there and welcome to another episode of Shouting in the Evening, brought to you by the Scheidt International Theatre Company. Please make yourselves comfortable. The performance is about to begin. up this morning, I could feel a sort of glow, like something great had happened that transformed the status quo. It wasn't climate-driven, because outside was rain and hail, yet still I felt for all the world like I'd got out of jail. On looking to my left in bed, I saw an empty space, where once there would have been my partner's gormless sleeping face. That was my eureka moment. Then I understood. This day would be momentous and the outcome only good. The course of true love's never smooth. That's what I would say. You know you have to work at it, yes, each and every day. It needs a firm foundation against the rough winds which assail bonds physical and mental to ensure that you prevail. I once thought whirlwind romances were just in fairy tales, or cheesy rom-coms with Hugh Grant and all that that entails. But then I met a brilliant guy and, oh, we really clicked. Erotic feelings flourished much too strong to contradict. Now, we were no spring chickens or a pair of ingenues. Two carefree YOLO devotees with nothing much to lose. Yes, we'd had our share of flings before. We'd been around the block. In Tinder's world of guys and dolls, of mother hen and cock. But our pheromones were frenzied, and it wasn't very long. Ere love was all around us. What could possibly go wrong? So we went off to Las Vegas in a heady state of mind. For plude hanky-panky of the horizontal kind. Well, we gave it very large, you know, both up and down the strip. We took nothing recreational to ginger up our trip. We thought our numbers had come up. We'd surely hit the jackpot. So we got hitched, Las Vegas style. Though now it just sounds crackpot. Okay, yes, I know you'll think, I can't believe my ears. Who on earth gets married there, not counting Britney Spears? But I loved Pete's joie de vivre so much, his brio, charm and style, and there and then I wanted him to take me up the aisle. So we married in a chapel, because he made my hormones sing. If music be the food of love, then Elvis was the king. It isn't just in February you find your valentine. Both of us were on a cloud that's clearly number nine. Then how'd it go to pot like this? From blissful boom to bust? Did karma claim its pound of flesh as punishment for lust? No. Once we got back home again, our bubble burst, I suppose. We'd holidayed in poetry. But marriage... It's all prose. And little quirks aren't always great, not when you live together. 
their matrimonial catalysts for very choppy weather. An atmosphere of discord built which nudged us to the exit. It's Genesis by finding out that he was anti-Brexit. For we were used to life alone, of having our own way. That's what we were wedded to, t'was in our DNA. So battles for supremacy became a common scene. The slightest thing could set us off, and we would vent our spleen. Her manic OCD regime, her probiotic fits, annexing all the wardrobe space, oh, it all got on my tits. I'd never heard of Nutribullets, and won't with any luck. Do I want a rhubarb smoothie? No, I couldn't give a damn. He wasn't really house trained, and I couldn't work out why, till I came to the conclusion he'd been brought up in a sty. His nighttime snoring serenades soon taxed my furrowed brow. Some other sounds, malodorous. I won't go into now. If I said I'd get fish and chips, oh, not for me, she'd say. But when I brought some home for tea, she'd eat them anyway. When I cleared anything away, she'd go completely spare. I've told you this before, she'd shriek. The teaspoons don't go there. He had such a short attention span, like talking to a wall never wrote down messages when anybody called and forget loving pillow talk i never heard a peep because after a perfunctory peck he'd fart and go to sleep every day was timetabled and she'd brook no objection as if she was prime minister but when was the election quite soon that band of gold i wore for like a ball and chain I long to have a time machine. I'd not do this again. My job was in a nursery. The children there were cute, but I soon viewed my husband as a toddler in a suit. So when I saw him screw things up, they were times to treasure, and secret schadenfreude was my favourite guilty pleasure. Yet hope it springs eternal, and it did so in my breast. We both Tried hard to make it work. I know we did our best. The dice were rolled. We played our cards. We gambled, but we lost. And then the only thing to do was smile and count the cost. So from today, it's strange to think we'll once more have it all. Though we've still shared a house till now, his bedroom's through that wall. We haven't called the UN in. To a ceasefire, we've been bound. The hall, our checkpoint Charlie, and the kitchen, neutral ground. But today my sentence ends, and I am free, yes, free at last. I'll put it all behind me, just as something in the past. Yet what's so special about this date, deserving of salute? Hmm. My current favourite two-word phrase is, decree absolute. The moral of this tale is clear. Wise words, which I will treasure. Humans can all err in haste, and then repent at leisure. So next time I feel my hormones surge, I'll yell, go back to sleep. Oh, it's true, if not quite Shakespeare, 
to say, look before you leap. That was Leaving Las Vegas, written by Ian McGrath and starring Ian Cowison and Ali Gallo. Thanks go to our esteemed technical wizard Ian for sound manipulation and button wrangling. Join us again next time for another Shouting in the Evening production. Cheerio! Cheerio!